Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. And by the grace of God, it is finally Friday. Welcome to hour number two of The Rob Carson Show. We're going to get into uh, all of the shenanigans of the New York case against Donald Trump, where... Where uh, Letitia James, who ran on going after Donald Trump before she knew anything about him, just said, all I'm going to do is destroy Donald Trump because he's Donald Trump. We're going to get into what happened in the courtroom yesterday in just a moment. We've got uh, uh, all sorts of stuff. Johns Hopkins, a once a prestigious uni- or, uh, uh, medical uh facility in Baltimore, Maryland, has a diversity officer, and uh, she has declared war on all males, Christians, able-bodied people, and English speakers. And uh, they are reaping that today, the outrage of people saying, you know, really? Really? I think we're kind of done with this nonsense. So that's all coming up. But first, uh, the Hawkeye Cockeye, I hate that, caucuses are on Monday, and Nikki's numbers are falling. Here's Jim Gossett. Nikki's polling numbers falling fast <laughs> not much longer can her campaign last well you'd think that but I never know right she's got a lot of powerful people behind her her support is dropping she's bound to fail there's no way that she'll prevail come on Nikki's been in numbers, Iowa is gonna be around. I'll try and do harmony. Just like Christy, she'll drop out. I can do it, I just don't know the lyrics yet. Nikki Trump's got your number. He will beat you like a drum <laughs> and prove your decision to run was really dumb. <laughs> we'll see. We will see. You know, uh, it's kind of like, you know, I guess, you know, you ever watch the Indy 500 and, and really, I don't know, they ought to just make it the Indy 100 because, uh, uh, you know, you, you race around the track for 500 miles and then uh, ultimately somebody ends by a half a car length. You know, maybe just do a, I don't know, 10 mile race or something. <laughs> 
at it. Anyway, <clears throat> comes back. Marjorie Taylor Greene filed a complaint Wednesday against uh, Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis, by the way. We'll get to that in just one moment. But uh, there's, this, uh, there's this case in New York against Donald Trump where he supposedly uh, inflated his property values. And uh, this is uh, Letitia James uh, using Stalinistic tactics to go after a political enemy. And, by the way, coordinating with the White House. We'll get to that. Uh, she's involved. Fonnie Willis is involved. The Jan 6 committee is involved. All of them are involved in the White House. <clears throat> the White House. <clears throat> Command and control to prevent Donald Trump from running for president or being the president and prevent you, Democrats, from voting for anybody but Joe Biden. Don't fool yourself. That is dictatorial. That is I'm going to stay in power. I'm going to eliminate all of the uh, the competition. I am going to be the president again. And it won't be Joe Biden. He won't live through a second term. That should be fairly obvious. I said this two years ago. I said he never... I mean, you're, if you believe that Joe Biden will be able to campaign successfully, debate successfully, run for president successfully, and then be the president for four years, you're out of your mind. And I will be proven right. I always am. But yesterday in the in the courtroom with a uh, this Judge Ingeron who is a fanatic, and they're they're they've raised the amount of money they want uh, punitive damage against Donald Trump from two hundred fifty to three hundred and seventy million dollars autonomously. They just decided now Donald Trump uh, cannot direct the banks to automatically give him money. Banks are not stupid. Banks send their own auditors out assess properties and decide if the loan is good all right and donald trump paid off all of his loans with interest what is a fine what should the fine be if if on one property he said hey you know uh, maybe it's worth more than than the bank says it was which by the way it never was because the bank approved the loans but what should be the fine ten thousand dollars no they want to take away 370 million dollars drive him out of business Keep his kids from doing business in New York for five years. That, my friends, is Joseph Stalin, and it cannot be allowed to continue. Here is uh, Donald Trump after he, uh, he did some closing arguments yesterday in New York. This is all about Biden and her meeting. So even the civil ones, this is civil, they're set up by Biden. Uh, every single just about case that I'm involved in is set up by Biden. They're doing it for election interference. And in a way, I guess you'd consider it part of the campaign, because if you really look at it, they are doing this. It's never been done like, like the acts of a dictator. Country. It's like we're a third world country, a banana republic. Yep. But every one of the things that you write about are Biden indictments. And uh, I don't know. And I don't care if you if you don't like Donald Trump and don't want him to be the president. If you're down with winning this way then you're on the side of this despotism. You know, I just got a poll. We just had a poll. It just came out, and we're leading massively in Iowa. We're yeah, leading very much. big in New Hampshire. We're leading because the people understand this stuff. They do. These are all set up. Every time somebody sees me... Can you hear the people sing? In court, remember, Joe Biden and his thugs that surround him did it. They're trying to get a man in office that can't put two sentences together, and they're doing that. But so far, we seem to do very well. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it is. When you use the power of the federal government to take a candidate off of the ballot or uh, try them on 
uh, scurrilous charges, made-up charges, uh, when you raid that person's house looking for a crime, not for actual things that are proof of a crime, that is Joseph Stalin. When you make your party get rid of all the other candidates on the ballot, Florida, Florida voters, you are if you're a Democrat, you have no choice. Joe Biden is your candidate. North Carolina, Joe Biden is your candidate. Listen to me, Democrats, because you're next. You are next. And you may be going, oh, I hate Donald Trump. That's great. But you're getting screwed just as badly. And now it goes on. And one other factor, we won this case already in the Court of Appeals. The Court of Appeals voted in favor of us. But this judge has been very, very slow to accept that opinion because that's not the opinion that he wants. But we won in the Court of Appeals. That's the boss of this judge who has to know that. And it was a conclusive victory, statute of limitations. And- Here is Alina Haba. She is a rock star summarizing what's going on in New York City right now with Donald Trump in this case. That was clear with his motion for summary judgment. Before Wednesday afternoon, let's remember that before I walked into court, we had already lost. That was clear with his motion for summary judgment. Before witnesses, before experts, and do I think any of it- This is a kangaroo court, just like the January 6th committee. It mattered? I certainly hope so. But for anybody that was in the courtroom for the last 11 weeks, you heard that there was not one fact against President Trump. There was not one piece of paper that showed anyone committed fraud. And don't forget that Section 6312, a consumer fraud statute, has been wrongfully used against my client, innocent defendants, the organization, and every employee of the Trump Organization, which has single-handedly changed the New York skyline, including the building we are in today. These are special properties. Real estate is an art, not a science. But you know what else is an art? You know what else isn't a science? Political motivated individuals. She's using this to paint a canvas that Donald Trump is a fraudster because they can't beat him in the polls. They can't beat him in the polls, so she ran on Trump because that was the only way she could win. And now, today, after 11 weeks, after three years, we have concluded that he indeed committed no wrong. The Trump Organization committed no wrong, and the kids have been dragged in just like the other defendants, and it is wrong. Now, Donald Trump requested that he uh, do his own closing statement in front of the judge, Ingeron, yesterday. And Ingeron placed all sorts of rules for what he could say. $370 million and his empire in, in New York City is on the line. And this judge restricts his speech. That changed at the last minute. Trump lawyer Chris Kyes uh, asked the judge if Trump could speak. Uh, the judge asked Kyes, or asked, asked Trump, pardon me, uh, if he would follow the restrictions set in place. Trump didn't answer that question, but oh, instead uh, immediately started speaking in his own defense, saying that he is the victim of fraud, uh, that he should be paid damages because of that. He called this a political persecution. At one point while he was speaking, the judge said that he had a one-minute warning, and Trump said, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially, you know, can you listen for more than one minute? He said, this is a direct quote, uh, when you say don't go outside of these things, 
talking about the restrictions. Wow. Trump said, I'm an innocent man, persecuted. I have to go outside the bans. Uh, so again, we did unexpectedly hear from former President Trump during those closing arguments. We've heard from him several times going in and out of the courtroom today. Unbelievable. Here's Alina Haba, because there's more, by the way. Not only the White House and Joe Biden, but Kamala Harris has been coordinating these cases against Donald Trump. And I say cases because all of these indictments are political to keep Donald Trump from being able to run, from being able to win, and to uh, to also, uh, they want to send him to jail. Uh, we saw that there was a meeting in August, the month or two right before they filed their complaint, and there was another meeting later in the midst of our litigation on the attorney general's claim. So that is twice confirmed. I believe there are also reports that she had been at Miss Kamala Harris's home. This is not normal. She is a New York attorney general yeah. voted by the New York constituents. And the only thing they all have in common is the Soros backing. Oh, I cannot yeah. understand why she would have cause in the middle of a trial to go see the White House and the Biden administration, let alone the top. This is unbelievable. I thought Georgia was bad. And then today I have to sit in court and get notice that this person has now weaponized her, which we already knew, but now that she's coordinating as well with the yeah. Biden administration. What was she there for, coffee? Yeah, well, she certainly wasn't securing the border. And like I said today in court, not one piece after three years of investigation, not one piece after 11 weeks shows that any of them committed fraud. All that it shows is one thing, desperation and election but interference. It afraid. is pathetic. Alina. It is obvious. And the American people get it. Yes, we do. And listen to this. The president of the left-wing group behind Trump's Colorado ballot removal visited the White House three times. Yeah, the CEO of the left-wing legal group behind former President Trump's removal from the Colorado ballot went to the Biden White House multiple times last year. Noah Bookbinder, president and CEO of Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, visited the White House twice in 2023. According to visitor logs, he visited on January the 6th, the two-year anniversary of the 2021 Capitol riot, to watch Biden award the Presidential Citizens Medal to law enforcement who responded to the unrest a, uh, a spokesperson told the caller that visitor logs appear to confirm Bookbinder's attendance at the event. Bookbinder began working for the Biden administration's Department of Homeland Security in March of 2022. The same group that came up with the Disinformation Bureau. And they were going to shut down free speech and they did it quite well. Welcome to your dictatorship, folks. Fulton County, Georgia, District Attorney Fonnie Willis secretly colluded with the January the 6th committee to obtain tips that would help her prosecute Donald Trump. The revelation could upend the prosecution of Trump and 18 co-defendants because the evidence was concealed to keep it away from discovery requirements that would allow defense lawyers to see what was shared and the extent of the collaboration, this according to the left-leaning Politico. Now we switch to Georgia. And then we're going to move to some other stuff. The reason why I'm covering this is because it is vital that you hear it. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. This is Nancy Pelosi on CNN today. 
talking about uh, Donald Trump. Uh, it's impossible for him to be president again. So says she. I don't think that nobody feels. I think many of us know that it is impossible uh, for him to be the president again well, with what he is proposing. Well, because when you're talking about what he's talking about now is more tax cuts for corporate America. How does that prevent him from being the president? And taking him down so low to the detriment uh, uh, of our budget and meeting the needs of people. This is the same woman who, uh, remember when she stood in front of her $30,000 freezer in the height of COVID and, and ate uh, $10 a pint ice cream and then had her hair done while all the salons in California were shut down. Remember that? I remember that. I've got a good, I've got a l good uh, long-term memory that way. <clears throat> it's kind of interesting uh, when, you, uh, when you think about it. It's uh, remarkable. Oh, and by the way, uh, Fawny Willis, Marjorie Taylor Greene has filed a Wednesday uh, a complaint uh, in the Fulton County District against uh, Fawny Willis and her top prosecutor. The, uh, the complaint gives Governor Brian Kemp, who I don't trust, and Georgia Attorney General Christopher Carr the power to uh, order a criminal probe into Willis, uh, the prosecutor. All right? So, because, uh, you know, Mike Roman, a political operative and co-defendant in Trump in Georgia, uh, 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 knew that Nathan Wade, Willis's lead prosecutor in the case of Donald Trump, had an in improper relationship with him. Wade's law firm used funds to pay by the paid by the county to uh, take Willis on luxury vacations by using potentially fraudulent payments. Wade was uh, appointed without the prior approval by authorities and had little to no prosecutorial prosecutor mm, prosecutorial experience. But apparently, he's pretty good in the sack. That's that's he must have been. I mean, seven hundred thousand dollars. For a guy, normally you'd always say, say to a guy, hey, you want to have sex? The guy would be like, okay, no problem. She paid the guy. <clears throat> Wade had uh, met with President Joe Biden's White House counsel and even, even billed for the time. <laughs> oh, my God, this is so good. <clears throat> uh, oh, this is uh, Hans von Spakowski talking about this. If, in fact, as alleged... Uh, this private attorney who'd been hired to be a special prosecutor was paying for these uh, luxurious vacation trips for himself and Fannie Willis, who had approved the payment to yeah. him of over half a million dollars. She approved it by herself. Dollars in attorney's fees, that's a potential violation of federal law. Also, yeah. apparently... Uh, she may have violated state law uh -oh. by not getting the approval of the county commission to even hire a private <laughs> wow. that is attorney uh, amazing. and to pay him uh, these fees. So there's a lot going on here, and Roman has asked for her entire office to be recused yeah. from handling this case, and if that happens... Uh, whether or not this prosecution would continue would be a very big question. Absolutely, and it shouldn't continue. It is uh, ridiculous on the face of it, honestly. I, I just I can't believe it. <laughs> I sit there, I'm like, you want to make fun of it, but it's like I've never seen anything like this before. This is unbelievable. Hey, do you know that Jill Biden did a uh, an interview with uh, the awful uh, 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 Mika Brzezinski? And uh, she says that uh, the treatment of Hunter has just been cruel. 
Now, realize, of course, Hunter is a crack addict uh, who, uh, uh, when his brother died, had sex with his, his widow and, and then also smoked a whole bunch of crack and, uh, and brought in underage prostitutes to have sex with them. Trafficked women all over the world to have sex with them. How have you been coping personally uh, with the onslaught of accusations against your husband <laughs> and your family, including and especially Hunter, as the focus oh. of a House Oversight Committee mm. hearing, holding him in contempt, obsessing yes. over him? Obsessing. Showing pictures of him during vulnerable moments in his battle with addiction on the floor of the house. Vulnerable and quite aroused. This would crush any family. (laughs) I I think what they are doing to Hunter is cruel. Wow. And I'm really proud of um, how Hunter has rebuilt his life uh, after addiction. Yeah, yeah. I guess he gave up when they found that cocaine in the White House cubby, but that wasn't his. I'm, I love my son, <laughs> and it's had, it's hurt my grandchildren. Oh and yes, that's what I'm so concerned about. That yeah, but it's not as much as not acknowledging well. one grandchild because it's the love child from a stripper, and he has nothing to do. It, honestly, wow, I have no words. That's uh, Imelda Biden. I mean, uh, uh, Jill Biden, uh, America's. First dits. I mean, lady. I mean, lady. Coming up, let's talk about uh, finance and what's going on in the country and all that. The uh, wa- watchdog on Wall Street, Chris McCarthy. Uh, Rick, jeez, we learn how to talk, Carson. Chris Markowski, you know him. He's coming up next. Come on, please. Start moving. Coming up, uh, more audio from Jill Biden in her <laughs> interview with... Uh, with Mika Brzezinski, also Chris Markowski, the watchdog on Wall Street, Wall Street coming up one second now. I don't know if you knew this, but uh, we got some war breaking out in the Middle East now. We've got America's uh, Americans' uh, forces are dropping uh, sorties on Yemen. We've got a, a defense secretary who is uh, not uh, who was in the emergency room and then uh, and then intensive care, uh, doing his orders via laptop while somebody emptied his bad pan. And we've got a man who has uh, what appears to be advanced dementia who goes to bed at six clock last night other than that nothing to worry about or maybe you ought to be prepared in case of emergency and i'm going to tell you the one thing number one on the list other than i don't know power and water and food how about medicine how about emergency medicine the things that your family will need in case of an emergency and i'm not talking about aspirin and band-aids i'm talking about things like hydroxychloroquine i'm talking about uh uh uh, amoxicillin i'm talking about z pack and right now, you can get the Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit put together by Dr. Peter McAuliffe, who was one of the most censored doctors in history. And he came up with this company. Dr. Drew is on the board of directors. And the Wellness Company can get this medical kit to you if you go to this website now. And I would suggest you do it. If you read these headlines, you, you feel fear in your heart. I'm not trying to panic. I'm just saying just be ready. All right? So go to TWC, for the wellness company, twc.health slash Carson. twc.health slash Carson. Uh, it's got hydroxychloroquine in there, among other things. I got mine right here in the studio. twc.health slash Carson. When you do the slash Carson, you're going to get 10% off. So again, it's twc.health slash Carson to get your emergency medical kit. Do it as soon as you can, guys, you know it and I know it. These are strange times we live on, live in, and that's why we have strange guests like Chris Markowski on the phone. Chris Markowski, how are you, man? Doing well. How about yourself? 
I'm good. You got a uh, you got a uh, you got a team that you are um, hoping that will uh, make it to the Super Bowl. <clears throat> uh, I just kind of hope for good games. I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my teams are my teams are usually out by the uh, you know first uh, month or so out of the season. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What you? What are you? Giants or Jets? <laughs> I'm Giants, but I also root for the Jets too. I got well. You kind of order here, so I. You know, I um, I used to live in Florida, so I'm a Bucks fan too. So I guess I'm rooting for them. I like the Bills, New York, but um, Giants, Jets, Bills, Bucks. It's kind of like my pecking order. There you go. Well, uh, my uh, my Chiefs are playing this weekend with Miami, and it's supposed to be. Are you ready for this? Negative thirty wind chill. Now I want to ask you this, Chris, before we dive into the stuff. Do you? Because because that's colder than the coldest game ever played in the NFL in 1967. All right, the ice bowl. Remember that? You don't remember? You weren't alive, and neither was I. Well, I but but I know what you're talking about. I was a tough. But would you? I, I'm saying they need to move the game or postpone the game. My wife went nuts. She's like, "You're crazy, dude." Is there a point that it's too damn cold to play, and for fans to be in the stands? What do you think? Uh, they were actually do, talking about it on radio here this morning. You can get tickets for fifty bucks at a game. Oh yeah, my son got like, my son got playoff tickets. Uh, I think they were a, a pair of tickets for seventy bucks. I mean, <laughs> that's insane. I, it's crazy. Um, I, you know, what I think the problem is is it's probably that cold there because Al Gore is probably holding some sort of rally because whenever he holds a global warming rally somewhere, there's always some sort of storm and it's really cold because God's got a great sense of humor. I tell you what, there's no way. I told my son, I said, I'll go to the game if I get a limo to the front door, walk in, go up to the club level, and enjoy some bacon wrap shrimp as I watch the game on a monitor. But I am not going to go to that game. It's, it's insane. Yeah, I still have scars from my father taking me ice fishing as a kid. My mother, you know, yelling at, you know, the Italian-Polish thing, you stupid Polak sport taking the kids out on the ice. <laughs> Freezing our butts off out there, so <laughs> you don't mind. The cold myself. Yeah, I got to tell you, if you lose a toe, don't don't become whining to me, my my boy. All right, so a lot of stuff going on, man. I want to talk to you about some layoffs this year. Google Alphabet Inc. has announced a series of layoffs impacting uh, hundreds of employees. We know that uh, uh, there are other companies that are uh, are laying off, and, and Google, you'd think, is kind of bulletproof. What do you what do you suppose is going on at the beginning of uh, 2024 with regard? to the economy well i think google it's it's you take a look at where some of the layoffs are coming it's, it's in their hardware division which i think that they're kind of moving away from uh to some degree and I think you're still dealing with a lot of in regards to a lot of tech companies a lot of the over hiring that they did during the pandemic where but it was kind of like hoarding workers for a period of time so i, I don't think you're going to see the end of that uh you're starting to see some massive layoffs and some of these big banks, I mean, Citigroup announced today uh, 10% of their workforce. That's over 20,000 uh, workers. They're going to be uh, laying off. So, yeah, I mean, this is what happens when the economy slows down. Uh, you know, companies are going to take a look at, uh, you know, uh, trimming the fat and saying, you know, who's, you know, you, are, is, are these people making money for the company or are they not? So, I think it's, you know, it's not a good time to be in human resources or to be in, uh uh, a diversity officer or DEI or ESG or any of that nonsense <laughs> because you're not helping the bottom line and you're gone. It's like the bobs. They bring the bobs in. What exactly do you say you do here? And if you're not making money for the company, uh, you might lose your job. Yeah, it's kind of like the, you're talking about the uh, you know the uh, the uh, the movie Office Space. 
Yeah. When they when they when they clean out. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great movie. So we 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 discovered. Uh, by the way, generally what happens with this administration is uh, uh, you have the job numbers revised downward the next month, but it looks like they had to revise down the entire year last year. Do you think this federal government is being honest with regard to the economy and employment numbers? No, no I, I, you know, I, I stopped going on the Brady Bunch boxes after on Jobs Fridays. I used to do that because it's a waste of time. Um, yeah. it, the, the top line number is useless. And if you actually took a dive into last month's numbers, it's much, much worse. The, you know, the amount of people that are working two jobs, not to mention the amount of people that have actually left the workforce is at levels that we haven't seen since COVID. Uh, so it wasn't a good jobs number by any stretch of the imagination. And you're right. Uh, I think, what is it? I think it's uh, 11 out of the past 12 months, the, the uh, number has been revised downward after the fact. Here's a, some, an interesting headline. Hertz rental cars are getting rid of 22,000 electric cars because nobody wants to rent them. So they're going to start selling these cars for pennies on the dollar, including Teslas. Uh, what do you think about this green energy face plant, uh, particularly for those who have invested their money in, in the green dream of EVs and whatnot? Well, I'm curious to see where is Jennifer Granholm hiding out right now? <laughs> yes. Yes. And I'm looking yes. for her. She's missing from Twitter. She's mi no microphone in front of her at this point. And it's not just because people don't want them. That's a part of it. The, one of the lies out there is that the, the cost of ownership and maintenance, it's much higher. And, and Hertz pointed that out. It's very expensive with these cars. They're heavier, which means obviously you, got, you get physics involved in regards to uh, the, you know, uh, the, the tires and the alignment and transmission, there's a myriad of things that, that, that they have problems with, not to mention the fact that if there's a fender bender with these things, they can be extraordinarily expensive to go ahead and fix them. So, I, I, listen, I don't have any problem with electric vehicles as a niche vehicle. But I have a problem with is when the government decides that, you know, tells companies that's what you have to you make and, and telling people that we're going to force your fellow taxpayers to help you pay for a car. Um, you know, you want to make an electric vehicle, go out and have, you know, have at it and, and do it as far as the free market is concerned. Get the government out of it. Yeah. Uh, Boeing has problems with the 737 MAX. There was a defective door on Alaskan Airlines flight. I am never going to get the exit row again on a, on a Boeing 737 MAX. Normally I go for exit row. <laughs> I don't think Boeing, so. Boeing is, to me, this is a national embarrassment. I mean, it really is. This used to be a... Uh, you know, a, a company that we could point to is, is a true American stalwart. This company needs to be broken up. You get stupid Lena Khan at the FTC looking to break up, you know, companies that are building things and creating things. They want to break up Apple and they want to break up Amazon, Google, that, you know, customers seem to be pretty happy with that. Yet you've got companies that are tied into the military industrial complex like Boeing, defense contractors that can't put out a decent airplane and, and are giving bonuses to people at the company. Elon Musk pointed that out based upon their uh, inclusion hiring, for crying out loud. You're going to break a company up, break up Boeing, because it's a national embarrassment. Yeah, you know, uh, there's nothing worse than having to uh, page your, your, your uh, flight attendant to say, I need more honey-roasted peanuts because mine got sucked out of the hole in the hull of the plane. You know, there's that. Uh, Chris Markowski, let me ask you this. 
So I was just reading a headline today in uh, in the UK Daily Mail, which is like uh, opening up a Christmas present every morning as far as I'm concerned. The ultra-rich now own a record share of stocks. The wealthiest 10% of Americans like Nancy Pelosi hold 93% of the U.S. stock market wealth. Um, what do you have to say about that? What about all of us? What about you and me playing the stock market? Are you and me with our 401ks? Are we being driven out of the market or what? Well, I, I would think that you're probably in that 10%. They didn't say 1%. They said 10%. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's one of the things that kind of like, you know, you said tinker with things when they kind of put out stories there. And, again, obviously you've got companies that are massive in regards to size, especially right now when you had these major tech companies, the Magnificent Seven, how um, the, the valuation of those companies and how they are owned – uh, very, um, it's very tight ownership with some of them, it would be Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos. But the reality is they own it, but they can't sell it. you got to find a buyer, right? Yeah. So just because yeah. you know, you've got somebody who develops a company that, that has become so big and so massive and they own a large position of it, that's all well and good, but you can't, it's not a casino chip. You can't hand it in. Uh, if they yeah. wanted it, if one day you know, Jeff Bezos was like, all right, I'm going to sell all my, my stock in Amazon. You know what the price of Amazon stock would do? It would tank because yeah. you have to find a buyer on the other side. So I think that that story is a, a little bit of, um, I don't know, it's misdirectional, if, you, if I would. All right, that's fine. That's fine. I get you. I get you. You you filled in for me, I understand, while I was on my vacation. How was how was that for you? Did my listeners beat you up or anything? No, I, that was great. Again, you know, I, <laughs> I missed having the conversations with people because uh, yeah, I used to do a, a daily program as well. Now I just do the weekends, and I don't take callers. And, you know, it was fun to, to, to interact again. I really enjoyed it, and I appreciate that. It is, it is kind of interesting, you know, uh, uh, when you do talk radio, you're, you're sitting in a room by yourself talking to yourself. And it's not an easy thing to do. It is not, and a lot of people are like, I can do a radio show. And no, you, you sit in a room by yourself and talk to millions of people uh, and, and have to imagine they're listening. It's very interesting. You know, it is very, and it's not an easy thing to do. So I do appreciate you uh, doing that, my friend. I really uh, just, you know, I hope you the ratings weren't better when I was away. <laughs> Chris Markowski. I, I don't take you to be Michael Savage. I, I, I hosted his program a couple times, and they, they, at the end they were like, no, you did too good of a job. We can't have you back. I was like, what? Uh, you know that guy. He he was uh, uh, Michael Savage. Uh, respect, Doctor Savage. He uh, he's a big fan of my TV show, and and he uh, did not. He's been off the radio, and and he decided to come back to radio for one appearance, and it was my show, and we did it last year, and it was a lot. So respect, Michael Savage. He's a he's a uh, oh, I, I'm a big fan. A legend. We were on the same network back in the day. It was Michael Savage, Laurie Ingram. Myself, Jerry Doyle, uh, way back when. I used to enjoy doing his show. But yeah, you know what? I was. A... Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I, I was asked to fill in for Savage, and I was always afraid because I heard if he didn't like what you did, he'd call the station and say, get him off the air. Did he ever do anything like that? Oh, no, he didn't do that to me. I, 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 I did it twice. <laughs> and then after the fact, Bruce was like, yeah, but, you know, you did a little too good. And then he All right. <laughs> All right. Hey, Chris, uh, Chris, I appreciate you uh, joining me today and discussing all this stuff. Uh, where can people find you on the interweb again? Oh, watchdogonwallstreet.com. You can get there. All sorts of great stuff available there at my site. It's fantastic. All right, brother. Have a glorious weekend. Okay, stay. Uh, oh, and by the way, what's the weather like where you are? You're in, uh, you're in New York. That's where you are, right? 
there's this big bright thing in the sky. I, I think they call it the sun. I haven't Shut seen it in a very long time, but it's it's out right now, and I, I you know I gotta go worship it or something like that because I never see it. All right, brother, have a good one. Take care of yourself. All right, let's you take a break. It. You are listening to the Rob Carson Show. Bama Lamb. <laughs> oh, Black Betty, Bama Lamb. That's a good song. You know, one of my proudest moments was I was in the car with my daughter when I when I drove her to school. I drove my kids to school every day, even though they could have ridden the bus. I like to drive to school with my kids and my daughter and my son. We always like to share music. And and one day, I, you know, I always let her connect her phone to the to the car and, and listen to her music. And a lot of times, it's you know, it's kind of it's girly music, you know, stuff like that and all that. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Black Betty, Bama Lamb, and I'm like, no. And she knew it all. I was like, I have succeeded quite well. Thank you very much. And that's one of those songs. Hey, let's talk about Percy Biden, shall we? I think we should. The coward of the country is what we like to Hunter call Hunter Biden is terrified of strong, conservative Republican women. What a coward. Everyone says Hunter was a coward at that hearing. This is Jim Gossett, by the way. He turned tail and ran because Hunter is yellow. He's a genius. Then he remembered... The words of his father. This was the request that he got from Daddy Joe. I'm not joking. I'm not lying. I'm joking. Promise my son not to tell the things we've done. Keep me out of trouble if you can. Go get me some money from China. I just watched you flee instead of facing Marjorie. I know that you're too dumb to understand. Derp, derp, derp. Hunter, son, you'll never be a man. <laughs> Everyone said Hunter was the coward of the hearing. Uh, here is uh, uh, Jill Biden. Not only talking about her uh, her son, uh, you know, a hunty, uh, Percy, as I like to call him. Here she is talking about Joe, her uh, her husband, who who uh, put a lid on the day yesterday as we launched sorties into Yemen at six p.m. And I think what people talking with Mika Brzezinski don't see is how hard Joe works every single day. Yeah, sure. that he gets up thinking what he can do for the American people. Sure he does, sure he does. And here she is talking about his age and health. And this is so third world, guys. You know it. When you when you know, and you know the emperor's been naked forever, you know this guy is gone, his brain is gone. And, and honestly, when Mika Brzezinski and Joe Scarborough, you know who they are? They're the, uh, they're the commentators on The Hunger Games. Watch that movie again. Joe and Mika are the play-by-play announcers for the Hunger Games, and the audience for the Hunger Games is the Democrat Party. But here's old uh, Jill talking about her husband, not concerned about his age or the fact that he poops himself. Your husband is 81. At the end of a second term, he'd be... Allegedly, he just uses short stairs now. 86. As his life partner of 46 years, is there a part of you that is worried about his age and health? Can he do it? As you're wiping the pudding off of his chin, do you worry about that? He can do it, and I see Joe every day. I see him out, you know, wandering in the yard, traveling around this country. I see his vigor. I see his His energy. I see his passion every single day. Mm. 
Especially for little girls. He likes to sniff their hair. So to those who say I can't vote for Joe Biden, he's too old. What do you say? I say his age is an asset. (laughs) He's wise. Yes, he's wise. He has wisdom. He has experience. Oh, dear God in heaven. Are you serious? Uh, Wisdom? Really? He knows every leader. Have Have you looked at the Middle East lately? On the world stage. He's lived history. He knows history. Mm-hmm. He's thoughtful in his decisions. He is the right man or the right person for the job at this moment in history. Wow, we are totally scrod <laughs> if that's the case. I mean, really, I, honestly, Imelda, really, Imelda, do, do you expect any of us to believe it? You don't believe it. And honestly, this is a point where we all collectively just shout at them, shut up. We're not stupid. That's why I say the, the line, we're not stupid. You know why I know the southern border is open? Because we're, stu- we're not stupid. You know why I know the 2020 election was rigged by the government? Because I'm not stupid. And you're not stupid either. And we need to say no to all of this nonsense. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. This is The Rob Carson Show. And by the grace of God, it is finally Friday. Where do you live? I want to come over to your house this weekend. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> where do you Where do you live? Because uh, chances are you got some nasty weather. I was talking to Mary Walter, who uh, fills in on the show, and she's a good friend, and she lives on the uh, on the Jersey Shore. And uh, <laughs> I wrote her the other night. Well, we're just trying to keep the flooding from coming into the house. It, it was literally, and there's nothing worse. You know, flooding is bad, don't get me wrong, but flooding when it's like uh, below zero is even worse or around zero is even worse. It's just unbelievable, and uh, the country's being blanketed with snow. Uh, Upper Midwest, where my sister lives, we got eight eight inches of snow in Kansas City uh, last week. It was the first, no, earlier this week, it was Monday. Eight inches of snow, hadn't had a bunch of snow in a couple of years here, had to fire up the old snowblower, hadn't seen that in a while, and uh, and it looks like uh, it looks like this weekend's going to be ugly. I, uh, um, there's, a, there's a football game here in Kansas City, uh, Chiefs playing, of course, Miami. Miami, you would assume, would be at a pretty big disadvantage when it comes to below zero weather, but the Chiefs aren't, nobody can play in this. Honestly, it's ridiculous. It's going to be like 30 below wind chill, colder than the ice bowl in 1967 is what they're saying. And uh, my son, is he's like, oh, you know, his friends are coming in because the, <laughs> the tickets are cheap. <laughs> when, when was the last time you were able to get? He's got end zone tickets, probably 30 rows up. And not right in the end zone. It's off to like the left side. So, you know, you're kind of on the corner. But he got the tickets, I think, for 70 bucks. And, and it's because nobody wants to go to the game, honestly. I mean, it, it's too much for me. And, and I lived in Minneapolis for five years. All right? I was in Minneapolis when they had a negative 36 below, wind, wind, not wind chill, temperature one day. And this was back in the 90s. And I remember I bought a new, I bought a brand new Jeep Cherokee. And I was like, I got my new Grand Jeep Cherokee in the back of the apartment where I lived. And, and I went out. It was 36 below zero to start the car, right? So I went out there, Prowler needs a jump. That's a line from Fargo. Uh, go out, start the car, you know, get it, get it started. And by the way, in Minneapolis, you have to put um, heaters on your oil pan so you can keep the, the oil viscous so it'll, it'll flow. <laughs> because it, otherwise it's like if you, if you left waffle syrup out for a year, 
it's it's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like that. You could stick your finger and it gets stuck. It's kind of like that. So I go out and I and I start my new car and I shut the door on the car, and the plastic mirror broke off, and it dangled on the side of my truck by the wire it was fastened to. And and let me give you an example how cold it gets in Minneapolis. I remember one time they had this big. Uh, they used to before everybody got murdered and stuff because of Democrat leadership and terrible, you know, the George Floyd riots and all the idiocy of that. I would never live in Minneapolis again, not just because of the weather, because the governance sucks. But they do this. Uh, it's a, there's a, a street, Nicolette Mall, and they do this winter carnival. And every night they have a, a glory to so celebrate winter. I know. I don't get it either. But they celebrate winter. <laughs> and, and I was the, uh, the grand marshal of the parade. And it was like 30 below zero. And there were people out to watch. Hi, Garson. How are you? Hi, Garson. I'm like, you're insane. You're nuts. Yeah. And, and one thing you learn when you live in Minneapolis, it's weird. Uh, uh, indulge me for a moment here. You, uh, you warm climate folks. Um, my dogs used to go out in the yard in the wintertime. And when it's 20 below zero, whatever, if you've got a little foo-foo dog like I did, they'll go out in the yard and they'll do their business. And then they, their feet become so cold they just fall over. And you got to go out and pick them up because they would die. They, it's too, so cold. They, my, our little Sheltie would just lay down. He's like, I can't do this. Hey, I'm dead. You know, put flute booties on him. She didn't like the booties. And then um, what happens is when it gets so cold, when it's 30 below zero, 20 below zero, the dog poo uh, becomes like a, a projectile. So if your dog goes near the driveway or the sidewalk and you hit the dog poo frozen with a snowblower, I literally blew a window out of my house. Oh uh, yeah, a piece of flying dog poo. Bam! Knocked a window out of the house. That's what. And I used to go out when I wanted to get rid of the poo in the yard, and I just take my nine iron out there and I would just chip it into the street, just chip or my sand wedge or poo poo wedge is what it was, and, and chip it into the street. It is bizarre. It's bizarre. That cold. It's just. Bizarre, and I'll never, I'll never live in it again. I didn't like it when I was there. And you live up there, and the summers are beautiful, and you go out to Lake Minnetonka, and it's wonderful. And then the winter comes along, and it starts at about October, and the snow starts falling in November, and it stays on the ground until April. And then finally, you're, you're like, screw this. I'm done with this place. I'm the hell out of here. And then summer comes along, and you're like, okay. It's like having a baby, right, ladies? You, you forget about the pain, I guess. I don't know, whatever. It's awful. It's awful. Uh, you know, we, we talk about the emperor being naked. We all know that Joe Biden is uh, mentally incapable of being the president. We all know that the southern border is open. We all know that our government is filled with enemies of the people. We know that the Congress and special interest groups just, you know, they've got a pipeline between uh, the federal government and private industry, between big defense and big pharma and all that. And they are, they've been loving life for years. And now we know the truth about all of this. But the media keeps trying to tell us all of these things we know are bullcrap. Like Joe Biden. Joe Biden hasn't been seen. Today will be four days. He, he, they got out the short stairs for Air Force One. Think about that. The President of the United States can't go up a long flight of stairs. You feel confident in his leadership? Do, do you really feel confident in his leadership or are you just a propagandist like joe scarborough and mika brzezinski and the miserable awful network that is msnbc here is corinne jean-pierre being confronted about where would joe been 
Where's Joe? President Biden has not had any events at the White House in the new year, and he's been kept from public view for three full days. Weird, yeah. Why? Why the is president that? had a three-day swing, went to four states. Yeah, sure he did. Year. He went to, uh, just, actually, I should say just recently, he went to Pennsylvania Valley Forge, where he gave a really impactful, important uh, remarks on our democracy, protecting our democracy, ahead of... Uh, no, 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 he didn't. Uh, what we saw in, the, in 2011 on January 6th was... An no, act. he delivered a speech, a Hitlerian speech at Valley Forge. And, and literally trending all weekend was Dementia Hitler on Twitter. Yeah, all weekend. Attack on our democracy. And he went out there and he spoke to the American people. It was very well received. And this is something that he... All of the hallmarks of a classic propagandist. ...and continue to do. He went to, obviously he was in Delaware, and then he went to South Carolina. Uh, also gave another uh, impactful speech on our democracy. And oh, our yeah, freedom. it was real impactful. And then he went to Texas <laughs> uh, to honor a, uh, a, a former uh, congresswoman, uh, EBJ, who recently passed away. And he went there to pay his respect. So the president did a three-day a three swing. He went to four states. He's been out there. He's been able to talk directly to the American people. And we think that's really important. to. Yeah, you know what? We're not stupid. I want to play, uh, I want to talk about Johns Hopkins University. The diversity DEI chief says all white males, Christians, able-bodied people are privileged. Jim Gossett. White guilt is a good reason. Al Sharpton. White guilt is a Good reason, white guilt is a good reason to give. He's a race hustler. Better hurry up and reparate, otherwise it will be too late. Five million bucks Frisco wants to pay. DEI. Then reparations will be here to stay. Big business. Won't, won't know why people round. Johns Hopkins Hospital published a diversity list where its DEI chief claimed all white males, males, what all white males, males in general, if you have a penis, uh, and, uh, well, I guess that include women, right? Because women could meet, oh, hell, I'm confused. Anyway, Christians, Christians, they're privileged. You know, I don't know if you knew that, Christians are privileged. Able-bodied people and English speakers are privileged. Dr. Sharita Hill the uh, monthly diversity digest. I, I make make Johns Hopkins uh, diet uh, into uh, into Bud Light. Uh, Johns Hopkins sparked outrage. Sent out a letter labeling all white people, Christians, men, and English speakers privileged. It was written by the chief diversity officer. A furious hospital employee shared the memo with Twitter. In it, Dr. Hill explains that uh, privilege is the diversity word of the month. Privilege is characteristically par- characteristically invisible to people who have it. See, they, they, they immediately, when you uh, say that you can't be racist, because you, you know, you, it used to be, well, I'm not racist. Well, yes, you are. You just don't know it. But, you know, yeah, you, you've, you've, you've clearly got some internal racism. And then you say, but I'm married to a, I'm married to a black woman. 
Well, that's because it's tokenism. Well, well, me and my wife adopted some black kids and we're white. Well, that's tokenism. Yeah, it's just, you're just, you, no, honestly, bleep you people. Bleep you filthy, rotten people. White people, able-bodied people, heterosexual, cisgendered people, male Christians, middle or owning class people, middle-aged people, and English people all fit into the category of uh, privilege. You know what? If you're any of those, don't go to Johns Hopkins. People in dominant groups often believe they have earned the privileges they enjoy or that everyone could have access to these privileges if only they worked to earn them. In fact, privileges are unearned and are granted to people in the dominant groups whether they want those privileges or not and regardless of the stated intent. This is just stupid. Among those to condemn remarks was Elon Musk. He said this must end. Golden has issued an apology. Fire her miserable butt. The newsletter included a definition of work privilege. Upon reflection, I deeply regret. The intent of the newsletter is to inform and support all inclusive community. No, it's not, you ass. But the language of this definition clearly did not meet that goal. I retract and disavow the statement I shared, and I am sorry. Fire her. Fire her. Conservative activists online are, are, uh, are uh, trashing the institute, and they should. John Hopkins is throwing away their legacy of being a respected and honored institution over the DEI movement. That history will list as the thing that brought down this venerable institution for promoting racism and discrimination and too many phobias to mention. Well, how can you guarantee your treatment as a patient at these hospitals is going to be up to standard if you're white and male or Christian? Are they going to ask you when you go in? Are they going to not treat you well if if you have cancer because you're a white, male, Christian, cisgendered, are you out of your freaking minds? God, I'm so tired of this crap. And I, you know, I can defend me. But, but my son is 24 years old. He is not racist. And all this crap started when he was a kid. I'm just done with it. Actor Clifton Duncan is earning plaudits for standing up against diversity hiring. You know why? Because it's an insult to minorities. He's been in a bunch of shows, NCIS, New Orleans, Flesh and Bone, The Good Fight. He said that diversity policy is very discouraging. That uncertainty gets to the heart of my issue with diversity hiring. On one hand, I'm certain I benefited due to my skin color. He's black. It's nice that people were looking to boost minorities like me. On the other hand, people of all races have been in my corner since I was 16, long before wokeness emerged. Everyone predicted I had a long career ahead of me, and I fulfilled that promise. How did he do it? I reject diversity hiring. I never needed it. It's an insult to my minority, any minority with a shred of self-respect. It casts a shadow over all I've done because I'm not sure how much of my success is due to me and how much is due to white guilt. Duncan concluding, ripping diversity practices to shred, saying he got where he is through talent and hard work and never needed DEI. He says, some of us, we don't need progressive a-holes to condescend to us trying to fix whatever was never broken. Some of us know exactly what we bring to the table and know our value. Some of us actually strive for excellence and prefer to shine on our own merits. He also flamed those who say he isn't black enough because he rejects woke. He says, in this era, if you think you need DEI to succeed, the problem isn't the system. The problem is you. Claudine Gay, Katanji Brown-Jackson. Let's take a break and come back. This is the Rob Carson Show. 
saw a column by a uh, Robert Averick, Emmy-winning screenwriter, about uh, this DEI bullcrap. The USC Annenberg Inclusion Initiative's latest list of TV's most inclusive shows reveals that a majority are no longer on the air. You know why? Because people said they suck. The list compiles data uh, regarding on-screen and behind-the-camera personnel to rank the 100 most inclusive broadcasts and cable series. Here are some of them. Yeah, here they are. Uh, and I, I don't know any of these shows, to be quite honest. But here they are. Uh, Queen Sugar canceled after seventh season. Baby, The Baby on HBO canceled after one. Naomi on The CW. Queens canceled. Oh, I don't even know these shows. But they're all DEI bullcrap shows. Here's what he has to say. He says, listen, and this is what I've said. Going back to the 80s, mostly every field of entertainment, movies, Eddie Murphy, daytime TV, Oprah Winfrey, primetime TV, Bill Cosby, a jello pudding, and here, drink this, it's okay, just go ahead, it's perfectly fine. I didn't slip anything into it. Music, Michael Jackson, Tina Turner, Prince, and I was in high school, Purple Rain, that was the album the movie, Michael Jackson, all the white kids in my class dressed up like Michael Jackson, and we tried to moonwalk and everything when we were at the dance. You know why? Because we, were, we, he, we had heroes who were black. It didn't matter. Comedy, Richard Pryor, my God. Sports, dominated by a flood of black talent. The whole country embraced without ever thinking about race. The 80s were my high school years. Me too. And no one thought a thing about it when a white... Teenage girl tacked posters of black superstars to her wall. What made those black celebrities straight-up 80 superstars was their universal appeal, which gave them careers that lasted decades. But the unappealing, divisive, preachy, smug shows and roles they've hired for uh, kill their careers off the launch. Instead, everything divides, scolds, lectures, and insults now. But no Morgan Freeman, Denzel Washington, Pam Grill, Will Smith, Sidney Poitier, or 80s Whoopi Goldberg has emerged. This is why no one, no, no, this is why no beloved Good Times, Family Matters, Fresh Prince, Scandal, The Wire, or Rock has emerged now. I grew up watching, I mean, Good Times. Hey, hey, hey. No, that was, that was, uh, uh. Uh, good times, good times, good times was uh, dynamite. Okay, and uh, and uh, I mean, well, I saw the shows, All in the Family, Good Times, The Jeffersons, all of that. Nobody thought about it. I mean, I JJ Walker. I want to be JJ Walker. JJ Walker was funny. Dynamite. Stupid, stupid. Let's go to uh, Randall in Pacific Grove. Hello, Randall. Welcome to the show. Go ahead. Hello, Rob. Yeah, I just want to uh, uh, throw this in. Uh, 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 Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Um, yeah, yeah, I went to college for a while in Hayward, California. That's where he was born and raised, and that was in 1979. Uh, so he must have been a little kid. But yeah, yeah, yeah he described yeah, yeah. Uh, Hayward pretty good one time. Okay, this is a whole uh, racial equity is a ruse for feminists because Real quick. Uh, uh, black women go after black men. Uh, Asian women, they're always putting down Asian men. Uh, every single group uh, uh, of women uh, I see all over the uh, YouTube and all that stuff putting down men and wanting to annihilate them. This is a ruse. What it is is they'll throw uh, men of color under the bus to promote women's causes in every racial group. That's where it is. In the end, they're all like the audience in Oprah Winfrey. I call her Oprah Windbag, by the way. But yes, what it is, yes. is all, the, all the feminists, it doesn't matter if they're white supremacist feminists, 
black, Asian, doesn't matter. They're all going to align with each other. The same with the Middle East. Uh, I mean, people of Middle Eastern descent, every racial group is out to get in. Let's make no mistake about it. 99.99 bar infinity of the cases where black men are shot by police, a black woman called the cops on them. All right. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Now, you know what? I, I used to call it the Oprahization of the culture, the feminization of the culture. And honestly, I'm done with it. I'm not. Uh, masculinity is not toxic. I am a masculine man and, and I love it. And guess what? My feminine wife really friggin loves it. Although she can be pretty masculine at times, too. She can kick my arse. Uh, <laughs> it is. Uh, it's interesting. It, it, this is all just fall to all and nonsense. And it's coming to an end. This DEI is is going to D.I.E. There you go. Ben Tapper, the wellness company. Going to talk about this winter coming up. Coming up, I have a special treat for you guys. I do, I do. You know whose birthday it is? Well, it's Howard Stern's birthday. Who cares? He's a sleazebag and a pornographer. I've never liked him. Never, never, never. He's done some funny stuff. I like his musical performances in the studio. If you ever see him, like the Foo Fighters or ZZ Top, always good. But he's a scumbag. Uh, no, today is Rush Limbaugh, talent on loan from God. His birthday. And I have a couple of uh, little tributes I want to play. That I think you're going to be, uh, you're going to dig. And it's going to tell you. Because he uh, paved the way for all of us, honestly. Right now on the Newsmax hotline from the wellness company, director of epigenetics, Dr. Ben Tapper, paging Dr. Ben on the Newsmax hotline. How are you today, sir? I am great, Rob. It's great to be with you again, sir. So thanks for having me on. My first, uh, my first question is, uh, how does one grow such a manly and awesome beard? I mean, God, my, I look at your beard. I mean, does your beard, do you actually, do you get billed separately? Do you, when they introduce you, does somebody introduce your beard separately? Because my God in heaven, it is, it's spectacular, my brother. I wish people could see it right now. <laughs> I'll take all the beer compliments I can get. So thank you. Just keep it coming. I'll take all of them. <laughs> you know, um, a lot of stuff happening in the uh, in the country, and and I've been talking about the supply chain crisis that we had in the past, and and I just think what the wellness company has done has been. I mean, it, it obvious. <laughs> you know, it's obvious what you're doing, but what a good idea to uh, to to be able to do emergency medical kits rather than waiting. Uh, I remember, and I told you this before, back in the uh, back in the early aughts when my kids were little, there was this this uh, avian flu, and it, it affected or avian flu, not avian. That's a drinking water, but avian flu, and I couldn't get uh, ZPAC at all. Right. And and you know we're in an election year. We got a weirdness going on in China. We got weirdness going on in the Middle East. And and I'm going to ask you this: When you're going into this, when this winter is, I mean, it's severe. We're going to be 30 below wind chill in KC tomorrow. Uh, tell right. me about some of the stuff you think you ought to have on hand right now. <laughs> well, you're right. We are in a volatile state in this country with our supply chain, and we need peace of mind. And that especially comes to in life saving situations with medicine. That's why the wellness company has a phenomenal kit, the emergency kit. Now, I don't recommend taking this daily, but it's there to give you peace of mind in a state of an emergency. It's there to have when you absolutely need it in a life or death situation, and it can give you that peace of mind knowing full well that you have it. So step one, but if we're ever in a crisis, obviously food and water is good to have stocked up as well. But in these times, right, 30 below, do you have a heat source? I'm in nine inches of snow right now. We are in a blizzard. We have eight below windshield right now in nebraska it's crazy cold here so i can relate with you my friend but having so a you, you, kid is step one you you live in where in nebraska do you live by the way 
Yes, I live out in the boonies out of, outside of Blair, Nebraska. Yes, sir. Yep. Blair, Nebraska. Is. I know where, I'm from Neola, Iowa, right side of uh, Council Bluffs. <laughs> yeah. Check this out. Check this out, Doc. Snow berries Iowa campaigning ahead of a possible bomb cyclone. I mean, it is brutal, uh, and it goes all the way up into South Dakota. My sister got 11 inches of snow. How much are they expecting where you are? I know this is off topic, but I'm curious. Yeah, so we had nine inches just two days ago. And last night we got another six or seven inches, and it's still coming down right now. Wow, uh, so unbelievable! Yeah, yeah. yep, it's let crazy. Me, so let me ask you this: because um, when when I got COVID, and and Doc, I I worked at I had to sell cars for a living for a couple of years before Chris Reddy discovered me and saved my life and recognized my talent but i shook hands i met people every night i'd go after work to see the 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 johnson county largest medical center never saw anybody in the emergency room doing covid but i got covid when i went to the most vaccinated place in the world new york city and i was very sick by the time i was finally able to get ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine uh, when you, when you, um, I know that uh, hydroxychloroquine has been used in like Uttar Pradesh in India to wipe out COVID. When, if you, if you are experiencing possibly the symptoms of COVID or maybe have tested early, when would you recommend possibly using either of those as a prophylaxis? Right. So if you're having a lot of restriction or respiratory issues or even a fever, that's why I would implement the drug. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't take it if you're feeling fine. There's zero symptomatology to justify taking that medication. But if you're having the symptomatology, it's one of those things where it can help absolutely. And I can't tell you how many patients I know would take that drug and within hours they're feeling better. I mean, it's crazy. I know patients that had tested positive for COVID and they were like, "Oh my goodness, I'm gonna have to go to the hospital. My oxygen levels are low." They would take, I would call it vitamin I, the ivermectin, and boom, they were better in hours. So it's one of those things where. Once the symptomatology is there, that's that when that's my medication is there for you. But I'm a big believer that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. We need to really focus on healthy lifestyle choices, good supplementation, and taking care of the body so we don't get sick. That's the key. You know, I, I heard something the other day, and it's been going around, and I don't doubt this, uh, with regard to cancer. And, you know, we always hear every, you know, what you go, sub, you know, every month there's a new supplement. Every month there's a new supplement. You got to take this, and you got to take that. And really what it does, it just, it just creates really expensive pee. All right. But uh, right. but I've heard uh, with regard to uh, upper respiratory and whatnot, zinc is always good. I use Zycam up the nose. I've been doing that. Everybody in my house has been sick. And I do Zycam swabs and do a one of these. I, I talked to Peter McAuliffe. He says a mild iodine solution in the nose and a little like that, kind of like Hunter does, you know, when he's on the floor. Uh <laughs> Watch the Parmesan cheese, though, Doc. But uh, but what do you recommend as far as, as supplements? I heard with cancer, it's it's vitamin D and uh, and uh, amino fatty acids, and, and right. with with so, you know these things, zinc, zinc, and and the nasal swab too. What do you think about either one of those? So here's the thing. You know, the biggest thing is we you know we live in a time or an area where we don't get that summer sunlight. If we don't get that 30 minutes of summer sunlight, we're going to be deficient in vitamin D. And I don't even like calling it a vitamin; it's a hormone. And there's thousands of functions in the body that vitamin D is a cofactor for. So we need to be supplementing with vitamin D. Uh, and, you know, I usually recommend taking 40 IUs per pound of body weight. And also, you know, watching the sugar consumption. But another supplement, too, I recommend, you know, the, the Wellness Company has a phenomenal immune support on their site. They, they have one that has oregano powder, the quercetin, the zinc, and vitamin C as well. It's a really good supplement to be on. They also had the vitamin D 
those are supplements that I recommend that we take daily. And also a good probiotic is very essential. And that's part, it yeah. can help get that immune system where it needs to be. But those are, the, those are my go-to supplements, absolutely. Vitamin D is number one. We're talking to uh, Dr. Ben Tapper of uh, The Wellness Company, which, by the way, sounds like a fantastic Netflix series. It's like, Dr. Ben Tapper tonight on Netflix. I love it. I think you should do it. And you got a beard. you got a beard, so you can even be even cooler. You, and, you know, go out and you should, do, you should do a trailer, marching through the snow to deliver medicine to someone. Well, you should do that, Dr. Ben. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> I think you're on to something, Rob. I think you're on to something. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? One thing I've done, Dr. Ben, and, and what I started last year, and I, I stopped drinking a couple of years ago. Yesterday was my anniversary of my miraculous healing. I was uh, drinking severely. I was having DTs. I got to the hospital. I had to go to the hospital three times. And I woke up on January the 11th, and it was gone. I can't explain it, Doc. It, it, all the DTs, everything was gone, and I didn't remember the taste of alcohol. And I believe that a miracle happened for me. But one thing that happened was is, is uh, I realized about two years after I stopped drinking that uh, I couldn't eat everything. I thought, you know, I'm not drinking 1,200 calories worth of booze every night. I can eat, uh, you know, Cheez-Its with ranch dressing. And I discovered that's not possible when you're in your 50s. But, but getting rid of crap... Getting rid of crap, all of the cheese and chips and not cheese, real cheese is good, but all of the fake crap, all of the processed crap. If you go and you go to the freezer section and you have nothing against Stouffer's, but Stouffer's Alfredo, chicken Alfredo has more damn sodium in it than the Salt Lake. But what about, you know, eating fruit and vegetables? I know it, it, your mom said it, your grandma said it, but it's right, isn't it? Your food can make you sick, can it? Well, that's the thing. You know, we are... Uh, we're told that food doesn't cause disease, but, you know, we're treated by the health industry, which pays no attention to food. And we're, fe and we're fed by the food industry, which pays no attention to health. There's a massive disconnect there. So we need to get back to the roots, grow our own gardens, eat some organic foods, get, stay away from the center aisles of the grocery stores, and getting back to, you know, good food, nutrient-dense food, not the food that's made in factories. But we are, you know, we, most people are on so many processed foods and these foods are designed to smell better, taste better, and look better, but they're nutritionally bankrupt. And it's causing massive problems. We have an explosion of chronic disease, autoimmune disorders, and immune dysfunctions like you wouldn't believe. And we're not, we're not addressing the elephant in the room. And that's uh, one big pillar is our food. So, yes, we need to get back to nutrient-dense foods. And that's why I recommend supplementation as well to help, help our diets. You know, supplementation shouldn't be your primary thing. You can't just take a pill and say, I'm going to be healthy. But we need to understand that we live in an industrial world right now where we need to supplement our diet. And that's where the supplementation can come in and be beneficial. Well, I appreciate you being on the show today, uh, Doctor, and uh, and I really do uh, uh, love to have you on uh, the Wellness Company. If you want an emergency medical kit, we got a deal here on our show. You just go to uh, twc Carson, and you get ten percent off. and And I just think it's wonderful. I got mine in my studio here. I know that I'm prepared. But uh, best of luck out there. You know what you ought to do is you ought to sit down and just read Little House on the Prairie because uh, that, that, that that's a good book to be reading on today when you're. You know, hanging out there in your frozen wasteland out there in Nebraska. Yeah, I got four spider monkey kiddos, you know, and my daughter, I call her half pint because we, we actually love love Little House on the Prairie. So, yes. All right. All right, Doc. In. Well, thank you, Rob. Thanks so much. Uh all right, brother. Take care of yourself. Dr. Ben uh, Tapper, we appreciate the wellness company. Again, it's twc.health slash Carson if you want to do that. So today's Rush Limbaugh's birthday.
And uh, and I'll just do this because I got a close connection to the to the show. I started writing for Rush uh, right out of college. I was poor. I was making eighteen five, doing morning radio, and I heard about this guy named Rush Limbaugh. And I was writing for a comedy network and radio. And and I asked my friend Rusty Humphreys, who was in New York at WPLJ, I said, "Do you suppose that this guy Rush Limbaugh had run my comedy?" And he goes, "I don't know. Why don't you Why don't you see?" And he and he put me in touch with Kit Carson. And Kit Carson was the gatekeeper's a wonderful man, wonderful man. And he passed away in 2013, and I started working with Johnny Donovan. And Johnny, the voice of the EIB Network, who is a god, uh, he just retired not too long ago. And we started writing comedy and, and putting together comedy, and, uh, and we did some amazing stuff. And, and one thing that I did, and this was way back when, uh, I was asked by Rusty. He says, man, we're thinking about doing a gospel song. And I said, okay, what do you want? Give me the gospel song, and I'll write the lyrics around it. And he goes, no, 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 no. We need you to write a gospel song. I don't, I don't play a musical instrument. I play a little bit of guitar. And so I thought in my head, how would I write the song for Rush Limbaugh? And, and so I thought in my head how I do this. And I wanted to hand clap, you know. And I wrote it. And Rusty, this was literally a church choir that he got together, and he sang this Song. He got them to sing this song, and and Rush labeled them the Rush Hawkins Singers, and so I want to play this, and then I got one other I'm going to play before the end of the show, a little tribute to Rush Limbaugh on his birthday. to tease Bill and Hillary, so that gives you an idea. Um, you know, a lot of people will say, um, you know, there's similarities between me and Rush, and, and the reason being is uh, we're both music jocks and entertainers first, and so we're not like your average talk show host. We, we are exposed to music. We know we love music. We, we know humor and comedy, and so we, we get a lot of that, and, and I say, you know, I follow in his footsteps. But no one will ever fill his shoes. He was a phenom. He was a phenom. He was Elvis to rock and roll. Rush Limbaugh was to talk radio. Just brilliant. 
I hope that gave you goosebumps. I got another one coming up. Jim Gossett did. The day that the day after Rush Limbaugh died. I want to share that with you. You know, let's kind of, let's forget about all the bull crap going on in the world, and let's pay tribute to a man who who gave us all of this. This, my friends, is the Rob Carson Show. Back in a few. Come on! Who it now? Today is Rush Limbaugh's birthday. This is Rush shortly before he passed away talking about uh, what uh, the left was going to do to Donald Trump. I know they desperately want Trump gone, and I, I know that they desperately want it codified that Trump cannot run again. Because make no mistake, they remain scared to death of you, and they remain scared to death of Trump. That's right. Uh, Trump, 75 million, 80 million votes. And I'm going to tell you, you're not going anywhere. Even if Trump does, you're not. Nope. They can't separate you from Trump. And more importantly, they can't separate you from the ideas. That's right. They can't separate you from MAGA. They can't separate you from Make America Great Again, which I think remains one of our big campaign strengths going forward. Do you miss his voice? I certainly do. Every day for 30 freaking years of my life, I listen to that man. I remember where I was when he said things. I remember where I was when he read the letter from Ronald Reagan announcing that he had Alzheimer's. There will never be another Rush Limbaugh. Jim Gossett put this together right after Rush Limbaugh passed. I think you're going to love it. It's optimistic. It's beautiful. God's talent on loan from God. God. And have my brain tied behind my back, to be fair. Come on. You were the sunshine of our life. Rush. That's why we'll miss you oh so much. Come on. You know, I'm the mayor of Realville here. You cut down liberals like a knife. Rush. L. Rushball. Forever you'll be number one. I am Rush Limbaugh, household name. America needed a hero. In all four corners of the world. And then you came to our rescue. The Limbaugh Institute for Advanced Conservative Studies. Competition, you had zero. How could so much talent be inside of you? Come on! And don't doubt it. You were the sunshine of our life. That's why we listened every day. That's it. It's not much more complicated than that. You helped us get through all the strife. Rush. Rush. Come on. No one will ever take your place. Hey, Possum. Because Rush was, Rush was the sunshine. expectations every day behind this microphone. That is Jim Gossett, and Jim Gossett is a genius, and I am so proud to have Jim as a part of this show. Make sure to watch my TV show this weekend on Newsmax. It's called Rob Carson's What in the World. If you need to laugh, uh, sign up for Newsmax Plus, P-L-U-S, NewsmaxPlus.com, and check it out. I promise you, you will laugh, and we all need to. 
laugh. All right, let's take a break. Come back, wrap this thing up. This is the Rob Carson Show. That's going to do it for the show, guys. Uh, make sure to check the podcast today so you can hear the Rush Limbaugh stuff and all that. Uh, Newsmax.com slash listen. And, uh, and, of course, my TV show on Newsmax this weekend. God bless you guys. God bless America. We're going to win. God bless Israel. And until Monday, stay warm and don't catch the stupid. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.